The last Star Wars movie was released in 2019, three years ago. It was, well, mixed. Somehow Palpatine returned. But in that time, we've gotten two seasons of The Mandalorian, one season of a Boba Fett show, and one on Kenobi, as well as various animated shows. But when are we gonna see a new Star Wars movie in theaters? Well, we may have some news on that. May the Force. Force. The Force. 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 The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Each week we dive deep into two topics from the galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. In today's episode, we're going to be explaining Andor's in-scene. Yes, there is an in-scene in Andor. As well as going over the next Star Wars movie. And it's going to be possibly sooner than we originally expected. As well as diving deep into the history around Darth Bane. So stay tuned for all of this and more. Let's get started. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. The last episode of Andor had something that was quite rare, but is getting more prevalent in Star Wars, which is an end credit scene, mm-hmm. and it dropped a bomb. It kind of did. Now, I was not aware that there was an end scene, and it made me worried. I was like, oh man, does that mean that all the other ones had end scenes? But you seem <laughs> to be like, no, 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 it's just this one. Yep, just this one is the only one that had an end scene. And that end scene was... The things that they've been making in the prisons. Turns out, it's the thing... like It's makes... holding all of the panels together for the Death Star. Oh. The ring. I didn't realize it was holding it all together. I just figured it was just like a piece of it that... Yeah. It. So in between all the like the panels and stuff and and on the Death Star radar, I'm not sure if it has like yeah, a specific what, term. What gun? What, it's like, like a gun. The like indention. Yeah, the little yeah. indention yeah. in the sphere <laughs> is what they were making. Where the laser beam comes to a head and goes. Well, fire my laser. <laughs> <laughs> they are creating the thing. I love. I I didn't. I don't remember who had this take, but there was a take on Twitter that was like the most depressing thing about this is Andor helped create the thing that will ultimately kill him mm-hmm. <laughs> in Rogue One. So that was what they were making. We had theorized before that this was all... I mean, we got pretty close. We thought it was going to be a part of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So, or some kind of ship. Anyway. Yeah, some kind of ship. We had theorized that it was a uh, thruster. So we thought it was yeah. for like a thruster engine mm-hmm. because uh, in Star Wars Racer, mm-hmm. they had something look very similar to that. But no, it turns out that it is the connectors for the almost like solar panel type things for the laser beam on the Death Star. Which is, I, I love that. Yeah, it was really cool to get that take. You know, like to mm-hmm. actually see it and where it actually went. Like, since the moment we saw them making it, we've all been asking ourselves, okay, what the heck is this? And yeah. why? Like, why? Uh-huh. What <laughs> What importance does this have to anyone? Mm-hmm. Turns out it's like everything. So, yeah. <laughs> what that's all about you know? yeah and there ha- there haven't been too many end sequences like after credit scenes i mean every freaking marvel movie has like a mid credit scene and an end credit scene and then like a scene yeah. after the end credit scene with more credits like there are tons of them in like marvel movies but it's not something that we normally get in star wars mm-hmm. i don't think there has been like an end credit scene in a star wars movie but we have gotten them uh previously in the star wars shows we got one 
with in Book of Boba Fett, we see Cobb Vanth in the Bacta tank. Right. At the end of that one. Yeah. So, okay, guys, we know that you guys love uh, Cobb Vanth. We, done, we didn't kill him. We, we swear. We didn't kill him. Don't worry. <laughs> but we did see that. And I think there's one in Andor as well. Not Andor, no. uh, Mandalorian. Mm. I believe there is an end credit scene in season two. How do you feel about end credit scenes? I, I really like them. Do you? Yeah, huh. I do. Do you not like them? I don't have a strong opinion either way. I would say it trends towards the Marvel mm. thing. I mean, they which, definitely popularized it. Yeah. It's, so, it's ruined going to the movies where you have to yeah. wait through the whole credit. You can't just like leave, which I guess is good to keep people around. But to actually like witness like, the people that worked mm. on the giant cities of people that have to work on this stuff because yes. it's so much, oh my gosh, so uh-huh. much work. But... <laughs> In that way, I kind of appreciate it. Yeah, but. it's good for that side of things. But most people will take out their phones and like scroll through. They're mm-hmm. going to like, I mean, we sit there and watch all the credits yeah. and Just see like who's all the interesting there. people names. And, yeah, and how many oh. CGI studios that they use. Yep. Like that. That's what I really enjoy seeing is like how like we counted them one time. Uh-huh. They have like eleven or twelve uh-huh. different CGI studios. Mm-hmm crazy yeah I, I i like it for that side of things where it does like it lets you be more aware of who's making the movies mm-hmm. if i worked on a marvel movie i'd definitely want to see my name down like in the credits and it's more of a likelihood that someone would see my name if there was like an end credit scene for sure i think the best end credit scenes are the ones that further mm-hmm. the plot or further or like in this one yeah. where it like ties something up or it like uh, it yeah. leads to what will come sometimes when they just do like a like a I don't know something dumb I think Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of one of those where it was just like I didn't need that in my life but okay <laughs> I was thinking more of like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness mm. where like he grows the third eye and they have the hole that comes through with the portal and all that crazy stuff right that one I it didn't quite hit hard for me mm-hmm. but I like I like Andor's end credit scene because it is more it's tying directly into what we saw from the story like it is another part of this self-contained timeline and story that does affect the broader Star Wars universe but it's not like oh hey guys here's a tease of the second season right it's no we saw we, we had this thing we were all wondering what they were making on the prison and now we know and we see it and it's cool and it ties into the rest of Star Wars. But was it necessary? I think so. I don't know. I don't think it was necessary, no. but it was very good. Yeah, it was it was good. If it was necessary, it would need to be not in the end credit scene. Right. But it does tie saying... it to the broader Star Wars universe more than anything else in the season. Yeah. I could have been still mystified about what it was that they're making <laughs> and that could be you, like You just said your theory didn't go through. I mean, it was fine. It was a fine theory, but... (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, my theory ruined. I'm wrong, okay? (laughs) (sighs) I think it's cool. I like it when they see the end credit scenes. It's just another thing to like keep you invested to be like, oh, here's a little tease. Mm -hmm. Or here's something that we we told you or showed you in the story. And here it is getting wrapped up a little bit. Uh, Something I definitely want to know is uh, you listening to this, what did you think of the end credit scene in Andor? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Uh, what do you think of the end credits? We'd definitely love to hear that discussion. You can comment below if you're watching this on YouTube or contact at Uplink Podcast if you're listening to this wherever you find podcasts. Something that I think we as Star Wars fans are kind of, 
hankering for, we're hungry for, is a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. We've got the TV shows. We've got Andor. We've got Mandalorian. Season three is coming out soon. We've got Obi-Wan that came out. Book of Boba Fett, all of these expansions into, you know, like the Disney Plus thing. We recently had a big shakeup within the Disney side of things where Bob Iger come back to Disney, became the CEO. I think he's there for another two years or so. Bob Chapek is out. He's done for. Bob Chapek was uh, the parks guy at Disney and was leading all of this stuff. But apparently they aren't quite too happy with the level of money being put into Disney Plus and not enough coming out of it. That would explain why we all got notifications that we're <laughs> they're going to the, up the charge or whatever. And yeah, have it's the, going from like, what, seven bucks a month to like... Ten or something like that. At least ten. So they're raising the price of it. Yeah. It is one of the. I think it is the fastest growing streaming network or streaming service right now. Mostly because you know Netflix. Everybody has Netflix. Mm -hmm. If you don't have Netflix, you have like your mom's Netflix. Right. <laughs> then there's HBO. Like there's a lot of new ones here. But Disney is bringing a lot of good quality content, and I think they have a, they had a good strategy for it. And it's Disney. It's so like it's all this stuff is super rewatchable. Mm -hmm. It's. It's Disney, and like you can't get old. They have a huge catalog yeah. that you can pull from, that you can rewatch, and I think we're going to see a lessening of the amount of shows that we get. I wonder if this is going to impact Star Wars or Marvel or anything like that. I think we're good on Andor because they confirmed that there's going to be a season two before season one came out, even. But that that like there's a lot of these things going on, and I think, and according to friend of the podcast uh, Bespin Bulletin we are apparently getting a Star Wars movie quicker than we would have originally originally we weren't going to get a Star Wars movie until 2025 and the last one that came out was in 2019 so that's been quite a bit of time it's already been three years it'll be three years in December since the last Star Wars movie came out that's a long time mm -hmm. and because of how big Star Wars is. I mean, it's every time they've released a movie, it got into like the top 10 most viewed movies of all time, like highest grossing movies of all time. The Force Awakens neared or passed a billion dollars or something insane. Like I, maybe it was even more than that. There was a lot of money. I think, yeah, I think it was over a billion dollars that The Force Awakens made. They're, they're highly motivated right now mm -hmm. with Disney Plus losing money, with interest in movies and the pandemic kind of going going away in a bit a lot more people are vaccinated you have a, this whole lot of like outward momentum movies are becoming a more popular thing people want to go to the movies to have these experiences yeah. i mean even netflix who signed a i think seven movie deal with ryan johnson for the knives out series of movies huh. glass onion is in theaters right now so that's the Whoa. second movie it's all Netflix, and it is in theater. So there's a lot more motivation for theaters and production companies for these big businesses like Disney to put movies out. And, I mean, HBO Max recently went through and they cut a bunch of shows and movies from their collection. They want to focus more on legacy films instead of more originals. 
on the platform because they want those big blockbuster franchises to make that really big money. So there's a lot of different motivations here. And according to Bespin Bulletin, we have this news here. Quote, I was talking to some people at Pinewood Studios and there's some evidence that they will be shooting a Star Wars movie. I don't think shooting, but construction on a Star Wars movie around April to May. So if you think about it, this might actually be a good sign for the Taika Waititi project. How it sounds like it's going to go is Taika Waititi is going to turn his movie around December and then they'll Lucasfilm know. And if it does happen around April or May, then they will start making sets. That's what I've heard. There's some rumblings. When you when you have something as big as Star Wars, there's going to be... I mean, everyone's going to talk about it. No matter how many NDAs you put there, no matter how, like, somebody's going to go to Thanksgiving and they're going to talk like, oh, yeah, I work at Lucasfilm. Oh, what's Star Wars up to these days? Well, don't tell anybody this, but we're currently making sets right now for a Star Wars project. So I think what's very fascinating is we have a lot of announcements Ryan Johnson had a trilogy of movies that was going to be going, but he got a lot of money and a lot of fun things going on with the Netflix Knives Out franchise that they're building. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that side of things, and he's going to be quite busy. So that's been put on the back burner, and that was, I think, confirmed by Kathleen Kennedy several months ago, maybe even over a year ago at this point. There's a lot of people that were originally slated to be working on Star Wars that have either gotten too busy with other projects the game of thrones directors were going to work on a project and then they got kicked off of the project (laughs) and now they're doing something else yes yeah so like spicy there there's a lot of like ups and downs with lucasfilm and star wars gareth edwards the director of rogue one i think tony gilroy came in and they did a bunch of reshoots so he's got directorial credit but I think most of it was Tony Gilroy mm. with the reshoots and the rewrites. And then you have, uh, there's a lot of creative differences, as they put it, in that movie. There was the Solo Project, where uh, it was originally the Lego movie, Jump 21 Jump Street directors that were going to be doing that. Uh, Miller and Miller and Lord. Really? Yeah, so those directors were going to be directing it originally. They also had creative differences uh, on the project, and they got booted, and Ron Howard came back. And then you have The Rise of Skywalker was originally going to be directed by the director of the Jurassic World movies, but apparently because his last movie didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do, he got kicked for also creative what? differences. Uh, it sounds like a nightmare to work for Lucasfilm. Yes. That's what I've heard a lot as well. And then you have the whole Obi-Wan thing where it was supposed yeah. to be a series of movies and then it was going to be a movie and then it was going to be 26 episodes and then it was going to be like 20 episodes and then it got down to six episodes and they had tons of rewrites and it seems like Deborah Chow did not have enough freedom to really exercise what she really wanted to do or they had a whole lot of different things where it was also in like just rewrites and rewrites and all of these different things. I think the only the only ones that haven't had that was um, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it's Dave Filoni. Yeah. And he's like regarded as the god oh. in Lucasfilm. And Jon Favreau. So they have that, that power pairing right. of <laughs> creation. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on on that side of things. So this could be a very good thing 
but also possibly a very bad thing. They're at least prepping for a project. So I think another one that they that uh, she just didn't have enough time with all of the Wonder Woman stuff and other projects that she was taking on was the Squadron Rogue Squadron movie. She that, being uh, Patty Jenkins. Mm. Patty Jenkins was going to be the director of that, and it's just it's been delayed indefinitely. Mm. But it was originally going to come out next year, but it got delayed indefinitely. And we probably won't see that for quite some time. The only two projects that we know of that would probably be doing stuff. Currently, Taika Waititi's doing a bunch of TV show work. He's doing a lot of promotion for his uh, TV shows. He's got a few on like Hulu and a couple other streaming services. But he seems pretty open for for movies right now. There's another one that was, we, we covered this... I think several months ago on the podcast, but Damon Lindelof, who is one of the producers and creators of Lost, he was tapped in for a project. And those are the two that would be most likely, according to reports and schedules, they could be slated to be working on their projects and have them done and ready to debut in 2024, so in two years. And that would match up with other projects. I think most of the Star Wars projects, usually, at least with like the Disney stuff, usually take like two years. Andor took, I think, two and a half to three years, maybe. But that was mostly due to pandemic, because it was partly shot during the pandemic and reworked and reshooted and and reworked and generally just kind of like polished up through the pandemic I believe but that was uh was kind of the thing that they would be working on and I want to ask you what does a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie look like to you honestly I don't know <laughs> <laughs> probably hilarious but also uh-huh. if they're having creative differences with so many people mm-hmm. like like the Lego movie people and Yeah, like they have like some really good directors that they tap uh-huh, in for and these. Those are very like like you know kind of generally what you're gonna get. But then they have creative differences and they're like, now Yeah. What makes us think Taika Watiti's gonna like be well, able to survive this? I, I don't know. I do think he has some advantages because he finished two Marvel movies. So he does yeah. have a track record with Disney on the Marvel side of things. And he does have a track record with Star Wars because he did direct a few episodes of Mandalorian. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they're probably and like. And he played IG 11. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I think, that, yeah. <laughs> so he does have a track record with Star Wars. And I always forget that he did some stuff with Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, he doesn't have any experience and he's coming into to Star Wars because he was one of the original people for the first season that they're like, okay, we've got Deborah Chow, we've got um, Bryce Howard, we've got Dave Filoni, <laughs> we've got uh, John Favreau. We also have Rick Famuyiwa, who uh, they all like directed episodes of the, of the Mandalorian. They were the like original crew that designed the look and feel of it. So we do have some experience with Taika Waititi. But okay. when you think of like, oh, hey, we have Ryan Johnson. We have Patty Jenkins. We have the creators of the Game of Thrones TV show. But the the two ones, those guys are almost all gone. Yeah. And the two that we have left is uh, one of the creators of Lost and Taika Waititi. Uh-huh. Taika Waititi, I love his his style. I love his sense of humor. And I think he does have a really uh, good understanding of character growth and development. Have like really more of the human side of things. And mm-hmm. especially with like 
I think it's hunt for the wilder people, um, as well as like what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like he has a good understanding of people. I would very much like to see him have like a more serious take on Star Wars because we know him as more of like the funny guy. Right. I mean, he plays Korg and he plays right. IG Eleven, who ends up becoming like a a babysitter droid. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would I, like to see that. I would imagine we'll get a very character based. Mm-hmm. movie i would think so mm-hmm. i wonder if they want to tap him into an existing character mm-hmm. or if they want to do something new so i think that's going to be a big question for us i don't think we're going to see a continuation of the skywalker saga no. or anything like that at least i hope not i feel like that's been overworked i think we're going to see stuff set in that universe and yeah. that timeline but not necessarily with the same characters mm-hmm. John Boyega has basically said, yeah, they screwed me over big time, and I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. And uh, Daisy Ridley has also been not really vocal against a Disney, but has been trying to like step away from it as much as possible and just try different things mm. to varying levels of success, but is trying to like almost get away from that a little bit. Hmm. I don't think they're going to get poked. Oh, again. yeah, no. Uh, he's, he's too busy uh, dying in Dune. <laughs> True. And also being in like some pretty other like high end hmm. film projects as yeah. well. So I, I think we won't see necessarily like a continuation with the trio that we see in Rise of Skywalker, but we are going to see something with according to rumors and according to some insiders, the time placement of Damon Lindelof's Star Wars is going to be set after Rise of Skywalker. But I don't think it's going to be the characters that we know. Yeah. So I think I think they're going to definitely go for more of like one-off stories. I yeah. doubt that we're going to see any more bigger expansions on maybe the Force, but not necessarily what we've come to know it as in like the Rise of Skywalker. Because it's, it's hard to really do anything more with the characters that we have with Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Would you think that they'll still try and make it more of like a Jedi movie? Or do you think it's going to be, with what with Andor and all, do you think they're just going to focus on more, like, regular, regular people? <laughs> um, maybe. I mean, we saw, like, with Rogue One, it was a very well-regarded. I mean, everyone that's like, I don't like the Disney Star Wars, but Rogue One, I mean, that's, I think, usually most of the conversations I have with people in real life is that of uh, any time that we're talking about and or just someone that isn't there like someone recently we we're having a conversation with and they didn't hadn't they hadn't seen it and it's like have you seen rogue one they're like yeah it's my favorite star wars movie mm-hmm. okay you're gonna love Andor. yeah so i think they could definitely have great benefit to it but we did see i don't know if they would understand this but solo failed from the box office from the projections that they had for it mm-hmm. But it's mostly to do because it came out six months after The Last Jedi. I think it came out like six months later. I think mostly it was timing. You can't yeah. you can't have a freaking Star Wars movie every six months. No. That's not how that works. Mm-mm. I think if you have like a, a big Star Wars movie every two years, that, that works. I don't think it's a yearly thing or a multiple a year thing. Mm-hmm. I think you can have multiple TV shows running at the same time alongside a movie and that works but i doubt it would work if they have like what marvel does where they have like i think they have like four movies coming out next year whoa and that's not gonna work for star wars Mm -mm. 
Yeah, just not how it goes. But that didn't really answer my question. Ah. <laughs> uh- I think they want to do more with the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think if there are Jedi in like Damon Lindelof's Star Wars movie, I doubt it's going to be what we know of. I think it's going to be like this new little offshoot or maybe it's the Knights of Ren. Like I think we're going to see like an expansion on what we know of as Jedi. I doubt we're going to see like Rey training a new sect of of Jedi. Yeah, fair point. I think if they're going to do that, they would have done it with Luke. I don't think they were going to do it with Ray. I'm not to say that Ray couldn't, but I don't think that Ray has the level of like prestige mm-hmm. in the Star Wars fandom to really carry that in a way. Like I don't yeah. I don't really foresee like Ray wanting to build up her own Jedi academy. Yeah, fair point. Right? Yeah. I I think she's just as happy like going around the galaxy helping people than training young force sensitives Mm -hmm. the next one's going to be all about broom man broom kid (laughs) 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 from the from the last jedi broom kid's going to be the next leader of the star wars trilogy (laughs) and ryan johnson's gonna that's what ryan johnson's trilogy is going to be about is broom kid you heard it here first folks (laughs) you heard about the adventures of star killer well Get ready, because the adventures of Broom Kid are headed your way to a near a theater near your galaxy. <laughs> well, personally, I don't think Taika Waititi would want to harp on Jedi. I don't like, think I feel so. like he's very much like I want to see like the underdog mm. and like see them rise up or whatever. Yeah. Like he just has that flair for the weirdos and mm, that is such a good point. And the. <laughs> The people that don't fit in with society. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's going to want to do the Jedi, yeah, the Jedi no. thing. Um, yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see what he can get away with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope he gets away with quite a bit. I also would be curious to know what specific episodes of The Mandalorian he helped direct. Uh, or was he just like... He directed part... specific episodes. Okay. Yeah. I'd be curious to know like what he... How... If I could see any of his flair in those episodes. Mm-hmm. We definitely need to rewatch that. What if Taika Waititi does a droid-specific story? I would I, love that. I could see that. They have been getting so personalized with their droids in shows and I mean, movies everywhere. Yeah. Like, B2 is, uh-huh. like, amazing. I know. I have such a heart for him. Like, I want uh, to take him home and cradle him and love him and good little tell boy. him everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he directed episode uh, eight of season one. Mandalorian as allies come to know their true enemy, who already knows much about them. So I believe that's the one where they like. I want to see the baby. <laughs> Man, it's been so long since I've seen Mandalorian. I know, right? Um, Oof. Yeah, so he directed I think two episodes of that, huh. and I think he directed the ending. Like I think he did the finale or the one right before the finale. Yeah, I would probably say the one right before it because yeah. I feel like that the ending was not did not feel Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. I did remember watching it, be like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not really anything like." I mean, he dies in the episode he directs. I think. I think IG Eleven like <laughs> melts. That 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 would be accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, I think if I remember correctly, again, this we haven't watched season one of Mando in a long time. Uh-huh. We did rewatch it once when season two came out, hmm. but 
that was when season two came out. That was 2019 as well. <laughs> uh, long time ago. Good gosh. 2020. Yeah, so that was 2020. Wow. In 2020, we rewatched it. So it's been like two years. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, I remember thinking like, no, it just feels like Mando. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like Taika Waititi. Yeah. And I think that when you're directing a series, you want it to be like a, a consistent feel throughout the whole thing. Well, sure. Sure. I'm just, I would just be curious to know, see it and know who mm-hmm. was directing each one and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they have to be able to show a little bit of themselves in oh, these yeah. episodes. So. And I think most of it comes, uh, Taika Waititi is a very good director of people. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to say, I want this done and it's going to get done. Right. I think there's a lot there. Let us know your theories on mm-hmm. what the next Star Wars movie is going to be about. There is a lot that could happen. I think. I think you're right that Taika Waititi probably won't do a Star Wars Jedi, Jedi movie, movie. Mm-hmm. but I could totally see him doing something that's more like, like you said, you have this underdog, almost like a Rebels type story, like mm-hmm. the TV show Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like you have this band of like kooky characters that are working towards something mm-hmm. uh, that are that underdog. So he loves an underdog story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the weirdos. He does. And I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Damon Lindelof is more likely if they're going to do something after Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. They need to find what's what's the like problem mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah, frame. yeah. Is it like rebuilding the rebellion, rebuilding maybe maybe rebuilding the, the Senate? Republic, the yeah. Senate? Like maybe it's something like that. But that would be way too political that, to be like interesting because I feel like they're going to want. Know. I feel like they're going to want a new hero mm-hmm. to really like focus on. I th- yeah, that's a good point. I think that I think they may be staying away from another franchise, like trying to build another character franchise. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately that's what they want. That's what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. That's Disney. Yeah, they <laughs> they want as many different characters as possible mm-hmm. to make a franchise around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. Now. Let's learn about Darth Bane and the beginning of Rule of Two. Who was Darth Bane? Thousands of years before the events of the movie The Phantom Menace during the Old Republic era, Sif in numbers of thousands would often kill each other to try and grow stronger or claim a more noble position in the hierarchy. The problem was, after centuries of this very conflict, no Sif ever seemed to grow significantly more powerful. But all this met with an end when Darth Bane instituted the Rule of Two, around the year 1000 BBY. Born on the planet Apatros before becoming the Sith Lord Darth Bane, he was given the name Dessel, and for around two decades he worked as a miner in the harsh conditions of his home world. But after ending up with some Republic trouble, Dessel was forced to escape and into the sanctuary of the Imperial Army ruled by the Brotherhood of Darkness, a newly reformed Sith Empire. Later in his career, he was given a position at the Sith Academy, since, unknowingly, he had shown incredible strength with the dark side of the Force. As a newly proclaimed Sith, he gave himself the name Bane. However, he recognized that the regime of the Brotherhood was flawed, as it aimed to desire equality of power for all Sith Lords, something which Bane disagreed with. Diverting from the common lectures of the Academy, Bane studied the ancient Sith and eventually found the holocron of Freedon Nad and Darth Revan. With all that he learned, he decided to separate himself from the Brotherhood and claimed the title of Darth, 
and thus Darth Bane was born. After successfully killing all the members of the Brotherhood of Darkness using the Thought Bomb, Bane was determined to continue the new foundation for the Sith to ensure their survival and so that the Sith could one day defeat the Jedi Order once and for all. This is why Darth Bane established the Rule of Two. With the Jedi believing all Sith had gone extinct after the explosion of the bomb, Bane sought out to look for an apprentice, which he eventually found. Her name was Zana. During decades in hiding, Darth Bane and Zana as master and apprentice built up their secret network and studied the ways of the Sith. However, as the rule of two states, eventually the apprentice must defeat the master to take their place and find their own apprentice to teach. This would ensure that each Sith would grow stronger with every generation as the power of each new master would build upon each other. In the wake of their final confrontation, Sana summoned ghost-like tentacles from the ground which were a manifestation of the dark side itself. Right before Sana struck him down, Bane activated an ancient technique of essence transfer to take over Sana's body. Bane's physical form perished and his attempt was too weak as Zana defended against the attack, and in conclusion, she survived the battle. A part of Bane was still inside Zana, but she had now become the Sith Master, and Bane's legacy and the rule of two continued on for a thousand years. I th uh, What I, I find so awesome is, like, in Star Wars, there's so many of these, like, rules that ultimately either get broken i mean especially or just like they, you see the fallacy in them mm. like you see the empire and the rule of two and and like palpatine didn't like technically follow the rule of two really i mean he had count dooku who i think was his real apprentice and then there was darth maul as well who was more of like a sith assassin that you like a Palpatine was gaslighting him to be like, "Oh yeah, you're yeah. totally gonna be my apprentice." Yeah, but wait, until he found he, Anakin, wasn't he like Dooku's apprentice too? No, what? No, Darth Maul followed um, Palpatine, I believe, mostly. So there's all of these different things, but the original founder of the Rule of Two was Darth Bane, and even he tried to get out of the whole like Rule of Two thing where he tried to take over his Padawan, <laughs> and was like, "Yeah, no," but she was too powerful and ended up having his power within her but not overcome by his evil force spirit mm -hmm. it's pretty Handy. cool <laughs> <laughs> nice to see a bad a sith lady yeah which i think there there's so many bad a sith ladies in legends and i would love to see some in star wars on the screen sorry reva uh, i don't count you no um <laughs> sorry but I, I think with that thank you all so much for listening to this episode of star wars uplink appreciate all of your support for the show and uh let us know your thoughts and theories what did you think of andor's end credit scenes are you a fan of end credit scenes and where do you think the star wars movie franchise is going do you think like we're getting jedi we're getting like spinoff things like solo and rogue one let us know in the comments below or contact at uplinkpodcast.com. You can follow us on any of the social platforms at Star Wars Uplink, Instagram, Twitter, Hive Social, 
all the places you can check us out there and if you're listening to this on audio hey leave us a review helps us out a ton if you're able to do that you can rate it on spotify you can leave us a review on apple podcast or itunes and hey if, if you're listening to this audio and you want to you want to enjoy it on youtube as well kind of go in between the two see what we're talking about uh you can go to youtube.com slash at star wars uplink we even got at star wars uplink on youtube Ooh. now all the cool places. Very nice. Uh, we greatly appreciate your support. Share us with all your Star Wars peeps. And as always, thanks for listening. And may the Force be with you.